My friends, I have recently come to the realization that this past year, while very difficult, of course, at times, has actually been, truly been, one of the best years of my life. For amongst all the suffering, amongst all the suffering, of course, of this pandemic, I had my own things I was dealing with. The Lord has helped me to discover more perfectly who I am. He's helped me more perfectly discover my vocation of fatherhood and my mission as priest to love, that I am loved that you and I are made in his image. That is to say that when he looks at us, he sees his reflection. Of course, not physically, he is not physical himself, but he looks to our core and sees us in delight. He sees us and that he has made us in his image such that we can know and to love and that delights our Heavenly Father, that we are sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father, that our core identity is Jesus Christ. We were baptized into Christ, and our Father, our Heavenly Father, Abba, Daddy, is simply trying to teach us to be more like his Son, to be more like Jesus. I do believe, my friends, that this is one of the best years of my life and I know that I am not alone. We are living in an incredible time. What an incredible time, really, to be alive, to be a Catholic, to be American. I know things seem to be such a hot mess. Our church, our country, for sure, the whole world seems to be burning all around us. But how privileged we are as faithful Catholics who have been born into this moment of salvation history at a time when the world truly needs men, women, and children of deep faith more than ever. How blessed we are. How blessed we are to be, please God, a light in the darkness. But perhaps this is surprising to hear. Well, if you are surprised to hear that Father Dyer is having a good year, then uh, know you are in good company. For Mary Magdalene was also surprised. She came to the tomb and was very much confused, wondered, hey, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So confused indeed. So many confused. In the midst, though, of her great suffering, she had literally witnessed her Lord being tortured to death. In the midst of this numbness, her paralyzing pain, she did the only thing she knew how to do. She went to the tomb. She went to the tomb and never expected it to be open. She never expected her Lord, our Lord, would be gone. She was surprised by grace. The others too, she ran to tell them and they would not believe. The other Gospels tells us that they had unbelief. They thought her expression of uh, the empty tomb to be nonsense until they saw the burial cloth there and realized something miraculous had truly happened that morning. My friends, I am often, too often, surprised by grace, amazed, really, by the love and mercy of God, his generosity of God. So silly that I keep doing this, keep being surprised 
by God's love for me and his generosity. But I do oftentimes read the Gospels and wonder, how do these men and women not see the clear signs, hello, Jesus Christ, God made man in your midst, yet I do it all the time. I continue to be surprised by his love, surprised by his mercy, surprised by his grace. God is always surprising us by his grace. Throughout salvation history, of course, Abraham with Isaac, Moses in the parting of the Red Sea, David and Goliath, so many beautiful stories throughout our human history. One of the biggest, of course, is the incarnation. While the chosen people awaited the Messiah, no one, no one expected God to become flesh to literally pursue us into our nature, into his creation. But that's exactly what he did. And when he came, everyone expected him then to conquer by force, to conquer by force, to use his power to free them from the Roman occupying forces. After all, he freed them from Pharaoh. He could free them again. But no. He came to not to force himself on anyone, but to invite everyone into a relationship of transforming love. He came to conquer not the Romans, but our hearts and minds. He became flesh so he could suffer for you and for me. He took on our sin and conquered it. He became flesh to die for you and for me so we could gain inheritance the inheritance of eternal life and true and everlasting peace and joy. We do, of course, please God, know that God has compassion for us, compassion that he desires to enter into, to be with our passion, with our suffering. But to sweat blood in the garden of Gethsemane, really? To put our sins on his back and then allow his back to literally be beaten to a bloody pulp? So surprising. So surprising that our Lord carried our cross and the burden of this uh, weight to Calvary and allowed it to be nailed to the tree. The tree is symbol for the sin we all participate in. So surprising, no one expected this. So surprising, yet so true. So too, the resurrection. The resurrection, my friends, he has risen and that changes Everything, literally everything, so surprising, yes, God wins. He wins despite all the difficulties going on in our lives. Everything, my friends, is going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. It's going to be amazing. That, my friends, is why I think so many of us are having a really good year despite the suffering that surrounds us, and not just the pandemic. We had suffering long before this pandemic began over a year ago. And I think our wonderful bishop spoke of this beautifully Thursday morning at the Prism Mass. I spoke of this Thursday evening. He was asked a difficult question in an interview, and he went to contemplate this question more later in his personal prayer, and he wondered, how has God changed me? How has God changed me in this past year? Good question. He, like I think many of us, has become more aware of our mortality, more aware of the fragile nature that is our human condition and how precious life truly is. 
but also how dependent we must become on God, how more dependent we must come, become on to the Heavenly Father. But my friends, someone didn't break into the tomb and steal Jesus' body. Jesus broke out. In fact, about 2,000 years ago, the God-man broke into his creation. And on Easter morning, about 33 years later, he broke out of the tomb that enslaved it. He conquered sin and death that had doomed it. So many things have been trying to divide us this past year. Masks, no masks. Vaccines, no vaccine. Communion on the tongue and the hand, Democrat, Republican, black, white, American, immigrant, uh, male, female, non-binary, cisgender, and on and on and on. So many things trying to divide us as human persons. But I'm also seeing more and more people coming together, looking past all these differences, seeing each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I am seeing joy, joy leak out in so many beautiful ways. Last night at our Easter vigil, late into the night, our catechumens and candidates expressed this joy so beautifully. Our young adults in our beautiful parish coming together and forming friendships, making babies, and uh, so many other beautiful examples in our parish. There is so much to celebrate. Of course, we celebrate our holy pastor, Father Kleinman. We celebrate that throughout this Lenten season, it will continue. So many will be taking advantage of the sacrament of penance. Confessions are being heard. And adoration will continue. In a beautiful sense, uh, adoration, what a blessing this pandemic has been for us. We had this little tiny chapel. Only a few people could comfortably sit in there. Now the whole church is open to adoring the Lord in the most blessed sacrament. Uh, not perpetually, but most of the day. Because so many of you have come to know and believe, as St. John Vianney tells us, that there is nothing so great as the Eucharist. If God had something more precious, he would have given it to us. So many of you, my friends, understand this. And so we have used the pandemic well. The gospel does begin by pointing out to us that it was the first day of the week. And in doing so, John tells us that the resurrection is the start of something new. From now on, things would be different. Different. This Easter is different because we, my friends, are not the same. You know, the gospel also tells us that it was still dark. It is illustrating a point about faith. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, but she did not enter, and she left without understanding. You know, I think it is, uh, it's possible to go and look about these uh, great liturgies that we've been having this day, even this beautiful uh, Easter liturgy, and uh, be in danger of looking at this in a sort of a historical sort of way. The Ordo, Nathan Mitchell, spoke about this when he talked about the Triduum. He says that historical events cannot be repeated. Perhaps they uh, can be reenacted, if you will, but what the Triduum, what we do here this Easter morning, actually celebrates not history, but mystery. The liturgies of these days do not just simply take us back 
They don't celebrate what once happened to Jesus, but what is now happening among us in this Holy Mass. As people call to converge and gather in faith, led by the Holy Spirit. They celebrate, he says, God's taking possession of our hearts at their deepest core, recreating us as a new human community, broken like bread for the world's life, a community rich in compassion, steadfast in hope, and fearless in the search of justice and peace. You know, Mary Magdalene did go and get the disciples, and Peter and John went into the tomb. They went into the tomb, and they saw and believed. This was a beginning of a journey of faith in the risen Lord. This journey would ultimately lead to Pentecost, the birth of the church. Yet I do think it is easy to look around and get discouraged when we see so much troubling things in our culture, a world that seems to be falling apart. Yes, there is so much terrible violence and hatred and suffering and evil. There's so much uncertainty and indifference, apathy, division, confusion, so much loneliness and, and depression. But my friends, to live in anxiety and fear is to not accept the grace being offered to us during the difficult time, the grace of the resurrection. To do this is to put Jesus back in the tomb. Yes, our world does seem to be falling apart, but when we fall in love with Jesus Christ, our Savior, that he is risen and we know and believe this, uh, then we can be men and women filled with hope and joy because we do have the Lord and he has given us this holy mass. You know, there was a, uh, a poll that came out very recently saying that for the very first time in our country, less than 50% of Americans go to some kind of religious service. That's kind of disturbing to hear, is it not? But I am filled still with hope because Pope Benedict spoke about the remnant. Please God, we are all part of that remnant. We are here not because we have to be, there still is a dispensation after all, but we are here because we want to be, that we have fallen in love with the God of love and mercy that is here in his word. And he is here in the most blessed sacrament. He is here in this beautiful community of faith. A new spring is coming. A new spring filled with life and love that we are called to be uh, instruments of that love and mercy that we receive here for he is risen and this reality changes everything and this truth does require a response let us all make Easter different this year truly transformative let us recognize that we are on the front lines and that the Lord is asking us uh, to do something for him. Let us all, like Mary Magdalene, run and tell the others. Let us be like Peter and John and run to the empty tomb to contemplate this incredible gift, the gift of the risen Lord, and that to literally spend our lives, perhaps even sacrificially, sharing this incredible gift. On behalf of our, on behalf of our wonderful pastor, Father Kleiman, 
in my own name and in Deacon Oshinkowski's name and in our wonderful and hardworking staff at our parish and school have a wonderful, wonderful Easter uh, this year and throughout the year. And may God be praised. Amen.